Hello, friend. Hello, friend. That's lame. Maybe I should give you a name. Maybe I should give you a name. What I'm about to tell you is top secret. The Coffee Clash Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coffee Clash Crew Mr. Robot episode review. I'm Jason Pistorino. I'm Christina Lomangino. And this week, we try to defrag episode 411, Exit. Technically, our penultimate episode, as next week we will have a two-part finale. IMDb is giving this a 9.8. Let me guess, Rotten Tomatoes, 100%? Yes, but if we're following IMDb, it's only given two others close to the same. 405, Method Not Allowed, was a 9.8. And 409, Conflict, was a 9.9. The critics say, in his penultimate installment, Mr. Robot's creator, Sam Esmail, officially turned up the radio and dialed things up to an entirely unexpected level. (laughs) Anyone who has kept up with Mr. Robot knows it takes big swings, conceptually, stylistically, and narratively. After weeks of a more grounded season four, Esmail finally veers into what-the-fuck territory with unabashed confidence. This brings us to Exit the often maddening, occasionally thrilling episode of this series that opens up some new doors at the very last minute. Well, it closes doors, but it opens windows. (laughs) There you go. Before we get into what we thought of the episode, it's important to talk about the title because it's different from what we thought, and it is the first one this series to diverge from the 400 HTTP error codes. Yes. I don't think that's an accident or, oh, we wanted to call it Exit because the video game's called Exit. That's nonsense. There's a reason why every single episode followed that structure and this one doesn't that I think might tip us off to the nature of what we're seeing in the episode. Hmm. And thus, I'm really interested to know if next week's finale will go back to that or stay with the differing title structure. Well, I want to know if next week's finale is going to have two different titles. That's a good question, too, because he keeps calling them two episodes, like it's a two-parter. And from the beginning, we've been saying there's 13 episodes. So if we did go back to the error codes, we know what those names would be. We'll talk about those when we get to the spoiler section. Here, though, we originally thought 411 would be called Length Required. And I was particularly excited about that because I thought they might mess with the length of the episode or some sort of time frame. Of course, Exit still keeps in line with computer technology lingo. It's a command or option used to close a program or file. But it's also a fun callback to the existential play we talked about this season in episode two called No Exit that we thought at the time surely must be important. In case you didn't listen to that section, this was a story where three people's souls are stuck in a part of hell, sort of like purgatory, though they don't know it, debating whether humanity is worth saving. They try to leave multiple times, in fact, opening a door and realizing they can't get out, finally seeing they were put there to torment each other. And one of the characters eventually gets frustrated and tells the other they're all already dead and even furiously stabs herself to prove that point. Again, I think a nod towards the nature of what we're seeing in this episode. Yeah, for sure. It's somehow not real. Either it already happened or it's not real in this existence, whatever you want to say. Now, I know that this episode brought up a lot of conflicting feelings for people. A lot of the viewers who were not enthused about this show taking a sci-fi turn were a bit frustrated with this episode. And I think because they've been talking so much, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. I don't think that this proves that wrong. 
I think there's plenty of likely options where this is not an actual parallel universe. Right. We're still there. That really exists. And maybe even likely, given the fact that White Rose talks about, the real idea of what she wanted to do was with a bigger, better machine in the Congo. This machine was just for testing. She actually uses those words. But also, she couldn't bring it up to its full potential because it would overload. Correct. So maybe this machine just gives you a glimpse of what she believes the bigger, better machine could do for real. And I think that would be a smart way of playing it. She has a notion about something that goes extreme sci-fi, but it doesn't actually exist yet. We had brought up that option multiple times that White Rose definitely believes it. She thinks this is a possibility. She's just not quite there yet. Personally, this was my favorite episode of the season. I think that it played with all of the ideas we wanted to see and the notions we thought while still being able to say that's not exactly what it is and in a way that we won't be frustrated next time. I know that no matter what, there's going to be at least some frustration in many people who watch Mr. Robot. That's the type of show it is. Because you come up with so many theories and so many themes, it's inevitable that what ends up being true frustrates you a little bit, perhaps. I have absolutely no frustration in this episode. I truly enjoyed it. Mm. I was at the edge of my seat the whole time. And I still have a million questions. We've had a few days now to digest what happened, to discuss it between each other, to come up with theories. And I still am not comfortable with what I'm thinking. I feel like this could be a possibility and this could be a possibility. But that's what I love about it. And we're going to talk about all of those later on in this episode. I agree with you. I don't have a firm read on it. I have my pet theory, of course, of my interpretation of what I'm seeing. I see many avenues they can go with it. I do understand that this is the reason some people are nervous. Maybe it's a better word than frustrated. We're in the second to last episode of this season and this series as a whole, and there's still no idea what's going to happen. That is a little intimidating. Also pretty impressive. I've heard other people speaking about it kind of makes sense that Sam originally wanted this to be a feature-length movie or, as we had said, a five-act play. And he's still trying to keep that in there. And maybe that's why the finale is two episodes, two hours, so that he can repeat that structure and almost have the, the play format for the big reveal. I kind of thought that's what they were doing in the Vera episode mm-hmm. with Elliot's psychology, but you need more time and space because this is going to be the wrap-up to the plot. And if they jam-pack a full two hours, and I don't know if it will be, but I think that's enough time to get it done. I agree with you. We have a movie now to finish it up. And I think that's more than enough for this show because Sam has done a good enough job between last season and this season to button up enough where there's two answers we need right now. Two big answers and probably not easy answers. As opposed to other shows where, there's, where you and I are worried and we have in podcasts saying there's only two episodes left. How the they hell are they going to wrap done. this up? Because they're still juggling 13 different things at once. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, they end up dropping some of those balls that they're juggling. I think Sam has set himself up correctly in this chess game. Yeah, and I hope that means we don't go back to any points that are sufficiently wrapped up. Like, we don't need to see Dom in this episode. You spent more time than I even thought we would get a few episodes ago tying those ends up. You might see a final moment with Darlene. I think that you will related to Elliot, but you don't need any more stuff about the hack, none of the tertiary characters, just what is this machine? 
Mm-hmm. What is it that we actually saw at the end of the episode? Who are you? And what's really going on in Elliot's mind? Who is the other one? Did we meet him already? Which one of these is that? And thus, which reality is real? Now, I think the only way I do leave this season frustrated is if you don't answer some of those questions. If you have those be ambiguous, like, well, you decide. Was that a real parallel universe you just saw? I'm not really going to tell you. I think he has to take a hard stance on that one way or the other. Yeah, I don't think I'd be satisfied if he just left it hanging. Yeah, like if this was the last episode of the series, I'd be furious. Oh, yeah, for sure. Christina, before we get into the meat of this episode, I just want to bring up the fact that we got slammed on the internet about our grilled cheese and mayo concept. Oh, I can't believe out of all the things, we're going to go back to grilled cheese. I know, but I just want to bring it, just want to push it out there. Uh, A few things happened. One, I didn't realize it was mayo. Mm-hmm. And I was really just teasing the scene. I was being hyperbolic about it not being believable because the grilled cheese just didn't look yummy. Or enough. you were just disbelieving me as you always do. Whenever I say something, it can't possibly be true. No, no, no. I'm saying before we even brought up the mayo. Then when you brought up the mayo, I started to realize, oh, I didn't even notice that. But regardless, I still think we would have made a better grilled cheese sandwich. But. I think our Clatchers have convinced me enough where I am going to try to make it with mayo. I know you love mayo, so... But not cooked mayo. That's the whole thing. Yeah, it's still totally weird to me. I don't... If that's a real thing now and the line is divided down the middle, I'm going to take a firm stance that I am team butter. Well, you know what? I'm not going to stay... Butter is better. (laughs) I'm not going to stay ignorant to it. I am going to open my mind, give it a try, and see what universe I fall on. You know what? I'm going to put peanut butter and jelly on my grilled cheese sandwich. Well, that's starting to to move into our fluffernutter Fluffernutter, experiment that we're not going to talk about. Anyways, just wanted to thank the Clatchers for... Did we just fall into a parallel universe? (laughs) Because we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Thank you, everyone who wrote in. And if it was about last week's episode and we didn't get to it, I apologize. But we do have feedback for this week's episode. And just so you know, we did record last week's episode a day early, so we got a few voicemails in regards to last episode, and unfortunately, we weren't able to play it, and we got such a response, of course, because this episode was insane, that we won't be able to go back in time to play it. But we listened to it, guys, and thank you for the voicemail. As far as music for this episode, we got a lot of actual songs, not just scoring, including Heroes and Villains by the Beach Boys while Elliot goes to the Washington Township plant, White Widow by After Hours as Elliot is escorted down to see White Rose, and of course, Turn Up the Radio by OK Go when Elliot's in the parallel reality. I'm just going to keep calling it that. I don't mean it's an actual separate world. I don't know. We also have a ton of fun facts, starting with our time frame as we always do. When Elliot is being taken to see White Rose, the wall clock behind him reads 1116. The wake-up call on his phone, his Skype call with Angela, his call to his father, and his father's phone all show 1116, meaning the time in this universe is always, apparently, 1116. And that was the time on the clock when Darlene and Elliot went to their mother's room. That's correct. It was also the time when we saw White Rose and Chen together, and Chen was checking his watch. Yeah. Oh, boy. 11-16. What does that mean? They better answer that. Theories on that, too. But first, the date is also present, that being May 9th. Now, 5-9 is a repeating number. Of course, the date of the hack. May 9th is Mr. Alderson's birthday, Elliot's father. The passcode 
on the exit game to get out of the room was 0509, and the earthquake in the parallel universe registered as a 59. Five what does it mean? We also got a look at a book called Resurrection by Leo Tolstoy. Now, obviously, we have seen this is the same room where Elliot talks to White Rose that White Rose talked to Angela when she was able to brainwash her, as Elliot puts it. Most of the arrangement there was the same. The table, the old school computer, the window in the background. But Angela had a different book and her telephone was red, whereas Elliot has this book and his telephone is blue. Yeah. Whatever in the heck that means. I'm not going to speculate yet. The book itself, where we try to look for meaning in a lot of things, I'm not sure if this plays in in any way. It doesn't seem to. It talks about a nobleman named Dimitri who seeks redemption for a sin he committed years earlier. His brief affair with a maid, Maslova, had resulted in her being fired and ending up in prostitution. Ten years later, Dimitri sits on a jury that sentences her to prison in Siberia for murder. She poisoned a client who beat her. The book narrates his attempts to help her practically, but focuses on his personal, mental, and moral struggle. He goes to visit her in prison, meets other prisoners, hears their stories, and slowly comes to realize that below his gilded aristocratic world, yet invisible to it, is a much larger world of cruelty, injustice, and suffering. Now, perhaps this could play in if the parallel universe Elliot, who thinks that everything is just hunky-dory and life is great, comes to see some kind of deeper, darker underbelly that he's been ignoring than our Elliot is very aware of and mm -hmm. spending his life fighting back against. But that's saying that this Elliot is real, and I don't think it is. <laughs> the cover of the book looked like the building that Price walked up to see White Rose mm -hmm. two episodes ago. It probably wasn't the same building. It just really reminded me of it with the stairs. The staircase. And the big doorway. But the first part of the synopsis of that book that you read kind of sounded like it could have been Price, but then it fell apart as you kept reading, mm. where he seeks redemption for his past crimes or past sins. But uh, it doesn't mean anything. Trying just... to atone. Well, the, that theory of atonement might become important to some of our characters eventually. We also got another book, of course, in the alternate reality that we've seen many times before, called From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler, E.L. Konigsberg. This is the book that Elliot's frantically searching for a first edition signed mm -hmm. copy to give to Angela, clearly has shared meaning to them even in this universe, and we could see why. This is the book where the character, 12-year-old Claudia, decides to run away from home because she thinks her parents don't appreciate her, and she hides out, lives in the Met Museum with her brother. That's right. So you could definitely see Angela and Elliot liking to believe that that's them, they hiding out in the Queen's Museum. Yeah, and we had a Clatcher, if you remember, brought that up. Mm-hmm. We got smart clatchers. So a lot of little nods. I don't know how that plays into the bigger picture. It's not quite as obvious as something like No Exit, but fun to explore regardless. But let's get into the episode. Starting our synopsis in the opening scenes, just really a deeper look of where we left off last time. That same scene with White Rose putting on her makeup as shooting is taking place downstairs in her house. The gunfire ceases and a dark army agent opens the door to escort her out. On her way, she stands over a dying cop and tells him, Minister Zhang is dead. There is only White Rose now. Do you think this is her first acknowledgement that things are about to change? Do you think White Rose actually kills herself in this episode? I, um, 
well, I, if you want to go there now, I believe everything that happened in that room is part of that illusion. Mm-hmm. I believe Elliot went into that room, and I don't know, maybe there was gas in there, and the same thing happened with Angela. Okay. Some kind of agent, hallucinogen, uh, put you into this quote-unquote parallel world. Okay. So if that's the case, then no. Mm-hmm. But I want to impress that I don't feel comfortable with that theory that okay. I have. It's just something that kind of kept coming into my head these last couple of days that made the most sense. Um, because if we were to say that, no, that room was real, White Rose did kill herself, but this world that Elliot wakes up in isn't real, well, then does that mean White Rose was just ignorant enough to think it was real, Could but it be. wasn't? I don't think so. Could be. There is a way that you could say the room was real and it ended with the explosion to fade to red. Mm-hmm. I don't think Elliot is ever in the room. I don't think the room's real at all. And I'll talk about that when we get there. Okay. But either way, I don't think White Rose is dead. I think this is the symbolic depiction. Just like she's saying here, there's not going to be any more Minister Zhang. Whether she goes to this parallel universe, she's hoping that the machine in the Congo is big enough to build or not, she's done playing this double life. Oh, for sure. The Zhang is done. Yeah. For sure. Um, not White Rose necessarily. Correct. But I don't know. This is the first time where I'm really not confident with what I'm saying, this season at least. You know, if we had time, I'd like to go back to every scene and the scenes thereafter where we met the guy who's always eating those cheeseburgers. <laughs> Because that could be an indication of when something not real is happening or when something else happens that always happens when you see him first, kind of like a gatekeeper to the dream or whatever. Correct. Because the stuff that ended up happening the last time after Elliot rode the elevator with him, where he had the showdown with Mr. Robot and Tyrell was there and we thought he died. Yeah. None of that was really real. Not the way we were seeing it. Right. Not that that man is the only indicator because there have also been other times where we thought we were seeing reality and we weren't. Is this entire series from what we've seen reality? Is that the real world? And everything we've been seeing here is not the real world. Also a popular theory. That being the Elliot that we saw in the last 15 minutes? Meaning? Parallel universe, happy-go-lucky Elliot. Is the real one. Right. Oh. So we'll, Snap. We'll, we'll come to that. Back here in the episode, we also get the scene of Elliot and Darlene saying goodbye at the motel parking lot, but an extension of that, where Elliot admits he's been through a lot and thanks her for never giving up on him. As Darlene walks away, curious, she looks separately at Mr. Robot, standing against a car, and tells him... You know, you really started to grow on me ever since you stopped being such a dickhead. This bugged me out because we had to pause and I was like, wait, am I overanalyzing like I often think? Uh, You know, we had the scene with Tyrell Mm -hmm. in the woods and I'm like, wait, is he looking? Is he really looking at him? I thought he was. Or is it this? And then it turns out, no, it's just a play on camera angles. This one, there was, maybe. This one, there was legit no possible way we actually saw Mr. Robot later on in a distant shot or the next scene, not later on walk towards Elliot in the middle of the street. Elliot was in a different direction. Yeah. When Darlene. Yeah. And Darlene walks away from Elliot and then turns to Robot, who's leaning on a car. 
What does that mean? It's bugging me. Well, so in the real world, are these multiple personalities a figment of Elliot's mind? But if we are in some alternate reality this whole time, maybe Elliot thinks that, but people can actually see Mr. Robot. The whole time. Did he just like assume that was the case? Or is there something weird about Darlene? Why she can recognize him and nobody else can? Because there is something weird happening that Darlene is not in this alternate reality. She doesn't yeah. exist there. Which makes the whole issue that we were having, or not issue, the whole realization that we know nothing about Darlene. Yeah. Yeah, I come to realize, like, the one little bit we got last episode about her, I'm like, wait, I know nothing about this woman besides the times that we've seen her helping Elliot. Or the fact that season one, Elliot thought he loved her, and, oh, no, you forgot again, I'm your sister. Maybe he forgot because she's not actually his sister. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Or if this isn't a real universe, he has constructed her because it's better to have somebody. She is kind of his reason for being when he gives his big speech to White Rose at the end here. This is the whole reason he has faith in humanity at all, that he believes people can be there for each other. So is that just something else he needed to hold on to? It's, it's very interesting to think about. But it's also fun to think from Darlene's perspective that this version of Mr. Robot is not the quote-unquote dickhead that their father, Mr. Alderson, was. Mm-hmm. I realize you're not him, whatever fabrication <clears throat> Elliot has created here. Well, you're really leaning on this is not the real world. No, even if <clears throat> this is a manifestation, it's still a manifestation that kind of takes the form the mannerisms, the personality of their father. Darlene would not like that either way. Like, why are you becoming him? Why is that one of your personalities? This -hmm. this was a bad dude. But he's not. Not the way Elliot imagines him. It's not the same guy. We found that out. Here, there's another important interaction. After Elliot leaves Darlene, he talks to Mr. Robot and tells him he could make the software on White Rose's machine completely unusable. Shut it down for good using the right malware. It wouldn't even be able to start and would take decades for them to recode. The only thing is it's in a nuclear power plant and could cause a meltdown. So Elliot himself acknowledging that that's a possibility here. Kind of curious that he says it and then it winds up happening. Maybe weird. Robot says they're done. This, this is it, dude. They agreed. This hack was the last step. Plus, it would take Elliot forever to write the malware. He's got to stop at some point. But Elliot says, well, no, that's not really true. In fact, it's already done. He already wrote it using the same root kit he used to take down eCorp. All he has to do is access a terminal and plug it in. So Mr. Robot says, if you go down this path, it will never end. There will always be another symbol to destroy, people to save. This is an endless war, and at a certain point, we need to move on. That was one of the biggest things over anything else that made me think maybe what we're seeing here isn't reality. Because we heard Mr. Robot talk in that room to Magda and the little boy about the real Elliot being asleep somehow. Right. And that could last forever. This poor boy might never wake up. (laughs) So much shit. He did wake up a short time ago for Darlene. Now that was probably the three missing days after the 5-9 hack. Mm -hmm. Elliot wasn't in this world because he was awake again. Oh. In the real world. Okay. That's the missing time we had here. Mr. Robot whatever this thing is sent into his brain is there to try to help Elliot come to terms with the truth so that he can wake up in the real world. But Elliot keeps getting sidetracked on these missions to take down the 1% and to make the world a better place, hack everyone. Every time he tries to bring him a little closer to coming back out, he gets distracted by something. Mm. 
Okay. Magda even said, you've let him go on too long with these shenanigans. Why are you letting him get up to this stuff? Maybe that's what this stuff is. It's a distraction because it's not real. I mean, I, the more you say it, the more I like that theory. And then he said the way he's going to do it is by showing him what he's done. He's going to make him come to terms with that by showing him what he's done. And we still don't know what that means or why it would wake him up. What does waking up mean? Like any of those theories we've kind of tossed around as a possibility. He's in a coma. He's in a psychiatric institution. Could still be at play there. Now, I'm remiss to say that the real Elliot, if he is asleep, is anything like happy-go-lucky Elliot. Maybe that's just another facet of him. If we've imagined his personality being broken off into compartments... Mm-hmm. Well, that's a compartment we've never seen. The Elliot who's happy and has the ability to just kind of function as a normal everyday dude and has these kind of general dreams that most of us share, being in a relationship, being in love. So I don't know that that's actually what the full real Elliot would look like. Maybe it's just another part of him that we haven't gotten to. But anyway, Elliot doesn't want to hear any of this Mr. Robot stuff. He says maybe he should go with them. He wants to do this one on his own anyway. That's when Magda and the boy walk up to Mr. Robot and together they watch Elliot walk away. So it seems he's seeing them. Yes. You know, I kept thinking maybe this is just a deep part of his subconscious when that happens. But he's kind of saying, like, just go go ahead. Take off with them for a bit. Well, that reminds me of a scene that we're waiting for that we will absolutely get next week which is when Elliot finally walks into that conference room mm. where they all reside which at one this point. Will it be? And I think that's where a lot of the answers are going to happen. And I hearken back to your story, was it last episode or the one before, where you discussed a type of treatment for DID? Oh, yeah. Fraser's table. Yeah. Dissociative table. Man. I'm thinking more and more, this Reddit person needs uh, five gold stars because <laughs> really that might be one of the last scenes we get where we figure out what all of that means by these pieces finally coming together and communicating. That's the only way we're going to know what reality is when Elliot knows what reality is. Yeah. And that's, that's the last part of this story, right? But that's the only thing that really had me thinking that that room wasn't real because he can't be dead at this point, you know? If that really happened in the room and everything exploded, I mean, come on. So I like how you took it a step further saying that actually maybe this whole world wasn't real. Mm. Um, anything could happen yeah and we had said that before like what if it's a simulation that's why there's certain characters in this universe that have no qualms doing kind of extreme things because they know their characters yeah yeah so any version of that plays out okay if it's just in his mind if it's in a simulation whatever yeah people aren't going to be acting strictly according to regular everyday rules Mm. weird shit's gonna happen and a lot of weird shit has happened in this show but now we're coming up to some of the big scenes It starts with Elliot boarding a bus to the Washington Township plant. In a not-so-great area, he gets off and sees cars speeding away from the plant. Mm -hmm. Red flag number one. Something already happened. Okay, so this doesn't all just occur once Elliot installs his malware or once he goes downstairs to the weird room or whatever. White Rose will tell him when they start talking, she turned the machine on 35 minutes ago. So her turning that on was already creating problems that somehow the employees were aware of before Elliot even walks in there. Yeah. I mean, the way I took it as was that White Rose came in with her thugs, got everyone out, and then turned it on, which made me think, why does she need to do that if she's already able to go in and out of that plant? Yeah, they were running scared, these people in cars. They were speeding away. It reminded me of the stand. But there's dead people already. 
that's what I mean. Shit was already going down. People were freaking out. Do you remember the beginning of the stand when the virus is unleashed inside the laboratory Mm -hmm. and the security guard books it out in time to get away? We won't go there. I think something of that nature is occurring. They knew there's a potential here with this machine. So get as far as possible as quickly as possible. Whatever that is, happen. So get the F out. Then Elliot walks by a one-way sign pointing in the other direction away from the building. Red flag number two. The guard tower stands ajar. No one is there. What about the sign? The like 50s cartoon saying that the power plant is the future and mm-hmm. things like that. That doesn't fit in with this time frame. That really reminded me of the video game we play, Fallout. Just the style of it. Yeah, so, I mean, that's something to take note of. That strange things are happening before, Yeah. in theory, we even get into the room. The reason why I bring Fallout is after, uh, basically, the world is destroyed by... Nuclear meltdown? Nuclear meltdown. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Okay. So we're in Fallout. (laughs) Well, now Elliot enters the empty building. Tense scoring starts as he goes upstairs and down a hall marked D section. He goes into an office that he finds in disarray. Papers on the floor, things everywhere. He plugs the drive into a computer and executes, at which point music stops. I knew something. It was a quiet before the storm. Just chilling there. Empty room. Able to log into any computer console. I was like, it's about to go down. Mm Mm-hmm. As he waits, he finally notices a man lying dead on the floor, and then hears police approaching outside of the building. He turns, and behind him stands the man in the white suit, eating yet again. IMDb calls this guy Hamburger Man. I like it. He's flanked by several dark army men, and he says, you're in the wrong place. So if you think of it as, and this is a stretch, but there's a lot of movies, TV shows, books that we read about, where before the person's brought to this other world or this dreamlike thing, there's an angel. I'm not saying this guy's an angel, but it kind of a guide. coincides. A guide, yeah. And this one likes burgers. <laughs> and honestly, that would be me if I wasn't worried about getting fat. Well, it, would- is, <laughs> it is color symbolism that all the Dark Army went men wear black, including the ones with him, and yet he's all in white. Yeah, yeah. Well, the men take Elliot down an elevator and walk him towards a door. Along the hallway are picture portraits with faces marked out. In black, white, and red. Now, Angela saw that when they took her to the apartment where she met with White Rose. That's right. Also, by the way, it seemed at that time like she was entering an apartment, but then she went into this room that looked like the same room where he met with White Rose. Very similar. And we thought at the time, how is that possible? Like, that room doesn't exist in this regular suburban house. It was a lot smaller. It didn't seem as grand, but very similar, for sure. There was still... It didn't fit. Yeah. So there was already the indication that something wasn't the way it seemed mm-hmm. with Angela. Bizarre thing about blacking out the faces that she started to do later when she went a bit nutty and couldn't let go of this concept in her own apartment, all of the faces, the pictures she hung up. Now we know where she got that from. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why they use black, white, and red. It feels like that could be a meaning for something. Uh, the, the white is for mayo. Oh, Because I was thinking about, you got the phones in the room, but hers was red and Elliot's was blue, so that doesn't fit. The room's black. You do have the- White rose is white. You have the white and red repeating an awful lot because there's the red of the title credits. We got all of the red light, red coat indicator in another episode this season. The red roses in Price's house versus the white roses in White Rose's house. And then the dark army all in black. But again, so if these are colors that are prominent in this- universe, this fake 
universe that we're in right now, if we go with that theory, why? What is it in the real world that makes that go into Elliot's brain here? Do you know? Like, he's pulling from things? Yeah. When I said I don't think he ever goes into this room, here's why I think that. He turns the corner of the hall. That's when he glitches. Okay, so no one talked about it? I don't understand. I thought at first, the first time, we rewound it, we watched it three times, I recorded it. I'm going to put it up on our Twitter and our Facebook. So at CKC Podcast on Twitter and Coffee Clatch Crew on Facebook, it's a 20-second clip. No one brought it up afterwards, so was our TV glitching? Or did they just assume it actually happened with the TV and not that it was an intentional thing with the show? But I think... It was an intentional thing with the show because the way it happened, the pixels were slow moving. You could see through his head for a moment and then it recentered. Yeah. It wasn't the whole screen. It was just Elliot. Just Elliot. And as soon as he recentered, that's when you see the clock behind him that stopped at 1116. Okay. So everything from this point forward is not real. Is not happening. So maybe they put him in a machine at that point. We didn't see it. He's already feeling the effects. If you want to say this is a real world he's living in, something with the effects of this machine are already taking place before he even gets into the room. Or, yeah, if he's not in reality, this is some other... They put him in a pod or something. Phase, yeah. Yeah. So, Clatchers, let us know if you saw that glitch, and we'll put it up on those social medias if you didn't. You can see that we're not going crazy. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, Elliot enters the room. The one with the circle window... One fish swimming in it. That does turn out to be QWERTY. We knew it was QWERTY, man. So that could never happen. Like, how did they get QWERTY? He even says it. How would you get QWERTY here? Well, I was waiting for the dog, too. (laughs) A table with two chairs, a blue phone, the Apple computer he mentions, just like the one I used growing up, and the book Resurrection that his dad used to read. His poster, instead of the hang in there one Angela got, says, when a door closes, a window opens. Mm -hmm. And there's a bird flying out that looks like a white dove. Yeah, and that also... Elliot jumping out the window? That's Yeah, that's what I... Yeah. So White Rose comes in and sits. Oh, Elliot. also the, the fishbowl looked like a window. Yes. Yeah, Elliot sits. I, my stupid brain, I kept thinking, those don't look comfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> Of course go. you're focused on that. Um, he tells White Rose this brainwashing won't work on him. She says it's not about that. It's about him coming to an understanding. Then Elliot asks, what's in the box? What's in the box? What box? Oh. Yeah, what box? Um, we didn't see a box. No, I, I didn't see a box. Did Angela talk about a box? I don't remember. What's in the safety deposit box? Oh. I'm wondering if there was an actual box in the room. Either way, White Rose doesn't answer that question, so no. it's, it's got to mean something. White Rose continues, trying to explain she had a lot of pain growing up. She wasn't born who she was meant to be. It cost her her one true love, the life she was owed, the world she deserved. She's tired of the disappointment. All she ever wanted was a better world. Elliot doesn't agree. He says, you don't want to help the world. You want to destroy it because you hate people. You can't look past that to actually see the good in it. She laughs, saying how the message is constantly being pushed that the world is crumbling and they are the root of the problem always teaching themselves hatred. She's just trying to bring order to the chaos. She sacrificed everything, and it's her love for people that drives her. She becomes hysterical as she yells that Elliot's actually the one who wears his hate like a badge of honor. Just look at his group name. It's his anthem. 
Don't make me laugh. Oh. BD Wong. All the awards to BD Wong. Yes. And another award, please, to Rami Mel. Well, that's saying he already gets his, you know. <laughs> but also give some to BD Wong because he's trying to use this voice, which is different that he uses when he is White Rose, his true personality, but it's higher. So she's yelling. It looks like it's actually difficult for B.D. Wong, the actor, to do this, to stretch the range of his voice. Only in the sense that for the character in the show, Mm -hmm. she's so emotional that she can't contain herself. But you're getting both sides of that. And it's just... Amazing. It's wonderful. She's on the edge of completely losing it within universe. She just can't believe Elliot's willing to say this, that she's the one that hates people. Now, his group... (laughs) Being called F Society, which is interesting. Maybe another thing that Elliot's plucked from his brain, why did he call it that? Because everything in this world is E, so-and-so, whereas it's F, so-and-so in the parallel universe, except the name of his group. We have to remember that uh, the building they were in, their home base was Fun Society. But why? That was like the... If it's real. Well, of course, yeah. That's what <laughs> I feel. You. That's what I'm saying. If he if he's constructed this stuff in his brain, maybe he's using those those terms for a reason. Oh, there's got to be a reason for E and F. It's not arbitrary. Sam was like, "Let's make it F this time." Oh, the key's not arbitrary just for Elliot's room. Well, no. What I meant was, <laughs> I didn't think that key was going to translate back into something opening it besides his room. I don't either. I'm saying it could be, what I was saying at the time, emblematic of the ease he's creating in his mind, like E-Corp. Okay, okay. That doesn't, it's not a real thing. Anyway, Elliot says she's right. He is scared of people, has been his whole life, because people he's loved and trusted have done their worst to him. And for a long time, that's all I ever knew. So yeah, I called my group F Society. Because you know what? Fuck society. Society deserves to be hated for everything you said they did and more. You fuck every last one of them for what we've all been through. It's rare, but there are some people out there that refuse to let you hate them. They care about you in spite of it. He says, because they feel something for me that I can't. They love me. And for all the pain I've been through, that heals me. Maybe not instantly or even for a long time. And there are setbacks. It gets messy. But that's just us in any world we're in. We're all told we don't stand a chance, and yet we stand. That is not a flaw. It's what makes us. No, I will not give up on this world. And if you can't see why, then I speak for everyone when I say, fuck you. (laughs) So there's our final message. You know, we had talked about in each season, there's a fuck society, fuck God, fuck me. Well, fuck you. White Rose is is the final thing. I don't believe any of this stuff you're trying to sell right now. My vision of the world is different. And as we said, primarily because of what this relationship with Darlene has allowed me to believe about myself and the ability to trust and care for others. But that's not what White Rose wants to hear. She says, a pity. She thought they shared a vision. It's then her watch beeps. Oh, were you the one that brought up if this is Elliot in a coma in a hospital or in a psychiatric institution? Mm-hmm. That, that's the... Some kind of medical monitors? I believe so. The watch beeps? Yeah. Because that would be interesting that the, it happens right here. 
And that's when the alarms start going off right after that beep. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it also makes sense because she's out of time now. Shit's about to hit the fan. Oh, for sure. But I'm thinking... Um, the deeper meaning. The, the if say, Let's say he's in a coma. Maybe these are codes he's going into. Like mm-hmm. That's why he interprets the room going on fire now and exploding because something's medically mm-hmm. going wrong with him. Yeah. Anyway, White Rose explains, the machine requires so much energy that switching it on draws power away from the plant's cooling system. Now it's failing. Elliot tries to insist it won't work because he installed the malware, but she says it's been running this whole time. She turned it on before he got there. And we knew you were doing that. That's how we found you. Soon he will see all the lives that were lost to get to this point weren't in vain. They will all be found again as soon as this world around them transforms into a parallel world where they were meant to be all along. She's been trying to move the project because of the power needed. Tests here were limited. So that's, that's key. It's not really living up to its full potential yet. And that's exactly what the document showed yeah. that Elliot was looking at last season, how much more power more possibility there would be once they were able to upgrade the software. She says they will all be born as new and insists they all have a choice. All she ever wanted from him was his belief. So she's going to show him what she showed Angela. Again, leads me to believe this is a plan. Nothing Mm -hmm. I'm doing is working. You need to see what she saw in order to have faith. She also thinks there are two paths were linked at this moment for a reason, and it's for him to decide. And it's then that she shoots herself. As Elliot panics, Mr. Robot says they need to figure out the code to the door. When he picks up the phone, it reads him 0509. So he enters it and the door opens. It's then Elliot flips to a page in the book that says, Chapter 10, The Astonishing Institution. Oh. Maybe a nod. Inside, there's a disc marked Exit. Elliot thinks if they leave, the nuclear reactor is going to melt down and it will destroy the whole town. He wants to stop it. And... He believes the computer isn't just a game. It's an override processor that can turn off her machine. So Mr. Robot's trying to figure out a way out of here. As usual, he wants to move forward the way he wanted to get out of Vera's house when Elliot was saying, no, we got to stay and save Krista, figure out the truth of this. He starts playing the game. There are several options. It tells him you're trapped in a dungeon with your friend. You see a barrel. What do you do? Now, the first time around, these are his choices. He moves the barrel. You move it aside and find a secret tunnel. What do you do? Enter the tunnel. You start to escape, but your friend is too weak to go with you. They hand you a note. What do you do? Read the note. It's too dark to read. What do you do? We see in the background, the room starts shuddering. Mr. Robot thinks they need to get the fuck out, but Elliot continues. The screen says you crawl through the tunnel and the tunnel leads you to a beach. So he looks around in the water, he sees a boat, and he gets on the boat. Finally, it reads, congratulations, you're heading to a new world. Do you want to play again? Elliot thinks he must be missing something, but I don't think so. I think the key point here was asking him, do you want to play again? Like, do you want to reboot and restart it? Do you want to try this over? Well, when he wrote yes, I was wondering, because you were saying that uh, out loud. I was like, wait, are we going to get the beginning of the season again? Mm. Which we had kind of surmised a couple of episodes ago. What if it ends in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want to go back? So he types yes, and this time he focuses in on the wording of the first phrase, you're trapped in a dungeon with your friend. So he chooses to sit down next to his friend. And that, I started to remember, hello friend. Mm-hmm. The guy he's not talking to this we whole season. We still don't know who that is. When he finds the note, he lights a match this time and reads the note, which says, don't leave me here. 
And so at the choice to leave or stay with your friend, he stays. This, of course, mirrors what's happening in the room. The screen flashes, the power shuts down. Mr. Robot sees the fire engulfing the hallway and thinks it's too late. So he and Elliot sit down together at the table as explosions shudder outside. Elliot tells Mr. Robot, I love you. It's an exciting time in the world. And then the room explodes into a red screen. This has to be a learning moment for him. This has to be some kind of test. Because this new world, he has the friends, he has the love, the companionship. Something that he was, for the most part, lacking in this world. Right. Um, And I don't know if that necessarily correlates specifically with that second world, but I think this was supposed to be a wake-up moment for him regardless, that you've been focusing on the wrong things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, who you have sitting beside you is more important than this greater mission you're always chasing after. Yeah. And also to reflect on what Elliot had just finished saying to White Rose, his realization that Darlene and others, Angela, they were the ones that were important. Mm -hmm. Well, now Elliot wakes up somewhere different. A cell phone vibrates announcing a wake-up call at 1116. A record's put on. Okay, go. He's in the same apartment, only nicer. There's a horseshoe above the door. Love that. It just goes to show how important it is to have an interior decorator. (laughs) Oh, he's got a whole morning routine, too. He showers, dances, shaves, uses hair gel. That shower's a lot nicer, too. He's putting on a sweater. (laughs) The filming on this is just like those shows that are very formulaic, very happy. Mm -hmm. The framing is no longer the Sam Asmel put you on edge kind of framing. Everyone's in the middle. The colors are a little brighter. Well, can you imagine being Rami Malek? The entirety of four seasons, this is your look. (laughs) And now all of a sudden you're like overly cheesed, smiling all the time. Well, we do get little glimpses of the other Elliot within him in certain moments. Or just signs that something's not right. So he has this reoccurring headache. There's a ringing in his ears. Wonder why. The apartment even starts to shudder as Skype rings on his computer. Angela appears and asks if he felt it, and they're thinking it was an earthquake, even though that's weird for New York City. (laughs) It's not an earthquake. Uh, She wonders if he's ready for the presentation he stayed up all night working on, also noting that he hasn't made any progress packing. She says his dad just emailed him, and she can't believe he's still checking the traffic for him. Mm -hmm. You're such an only child. She also wonders if he's keeping something... Yeah, if he's keeping something from her because he seems different. They both say, I love you, and she ends with, can't wait to finally marry you tomorrow. So right away you're like, holy shit, this is a different life. Elliot calls, who the screen shows us is the world's best dad, and Edward answers from Mr. Robot, computer repair with a smile. Well, first he calls the cell phone. There was no answer. Then he calls the store. Yes. Elliot's worried that Angela knows she was acting suspicious, but his dad assures him there's no way she could and he'll see him for lunch. The way Christian Slater is acting this is a TV dad, Mm -hmm. you know? When he goes out to greet the customer that he heard come in, nobody is there, but he finds his cell phone with a screensaver of him, Magda, and Elliot. That's it. I'm going to go into it now rather than wait till the end, but let me bring up the end briefly. We saw that there's another Elliot in the end of these scenes. While Edward is on the phone with this Elliot, he hears someone come into the shop and he says, I'll be right with you. Finishes his conversation, gets off and goes out. There's no one there, but there's his phone on the ground. I know this isn't a big deal as far as theory is concerned, but story-wise, I am 99% sure that was our Elliot 
the one we know, walking in, trying to figure out what's going on, walking into this Mr. Robot store. Oh my God, it looks completely different. Is that my father's voice? Seeing the phone while he's waiting for him to come out, picks it up, sees missed call from Elliot. He obviously didn't call. And then the wallpaper is the family, the same family photo. Sans Darlene freaks out, drops the phone, and that's why the phone is on the ground and it's cracked, and runs off, and that's when he runs to his old apartment or his other Elliot's apartment. Yes, I saw a bunch of people putting forth that theory, and they also believe then that could have been him who went to Angela's apartment first and dropped the glass. Okay. Having had discovered that... Oh, who knows, they're engaged in this world or something else similarly bizarre. All of that says that this is a real parallel reality. And somehow our Elliot from our reality has gotten there through sure. this machine. He's, he's actually been transported and is witnessing third hand what it looks like for a day in the life of that Elliot to play out. I believe during that quote-unquote earthquake that we saw in the morning before the Skype call, that's when Elliot, our Elliot, came Transported. over. Transported. Yeah. Okay, so that, that later on in our closer look is going to be theory number five, the full sci-fi, that there is a parallel universe, that there are many multiple universes with multiple versions of Elliot out there. There could be quite a few more that we haven't met yet, but this is the one, theoretically, that White Rose would be transporting him to. Well, in this very episode, in the previously on, they had one of the scenes where they say, how many copies of us exist and how may our mental states be conjoined? So that coincides. Well, that's my question there, because if that's a real world, there's a real Elliot there. How could he ever go there? White Rose is promising him, like, you, you could be in this better world where he, the Elliot we know doesn't get to live there. Some other Elliot does. Well, that's my problem. That's where my theory ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am 99% sure that's our Elliot and that's what happened and who was in the store. But I can't make any sense of what's real, who's real, why this is happening, what exactly did my, White Rose do? The reason that I don't think... That could possibly be is that there are many indicators this place we see is not real. Every clock is stopped at 1116. Well, I I think my theory still works with that. If this whole thing, the room itself, even let's go back as far as what you're saying, that whole life is not real. This could still be part of that. And I'm not necessarily saying that this new world is the real world. It could be still white roses. Let me show you what could be possible. Well, then that's not real. That's a, that's a simulation, which yeah. is my theory. Yeah. I'm, that he's getting a glimpse. This universe doesn't exist. It's a fake. I do not think this universe with Elliot being happy, even though I would like it to be just because I want Elliot to be happy. I don't think that's real. No. Okay. So that's not the same theory. There's a theory that this is a real parallel universe. That he's able to see right no, now. No, no, I'm not down with I, that. I thought this whole time that was the theory you were putting forth, that there's multiple universes, multiple copies of us, and our Elliot is somehow getting a glimpse of what that world looks like. I believe White Rose believes that. I believe perhaps there is that, but that's not what we're seeing. Okay, so yours is the same theory as mine then. Yeah, but you're taking it a step further, and I like what you're saying, which is this whole thing is also not, the, the, the seasons that we've been seeing is not real either. That's a new one for me, and I, I'm playing with that, because when I heard somebody say that, it makes a lot of sense to me. My initial thoughts, now you got us off into closer look, my initial thoughts 
theory number four is that this is a simulation. That's kind of what I've been saying for a while, that White Rose has a way of showing Elliot through this game, this virtual reality, whatever it is, some kind of better possibilities, whatever your mind is manufacturing as this would be a better life for me. Yes, she believes she can make that happen. This machine is just a test. It's giving you glimpses. She thinks she can actually create that once she upgrades and gets the thing to the Congo and does whatever she's going to do. But in the meantime, she's showing you, look what this machine could do. Here's your virtual reality simulation of it so that you believe me and you buy into the plan. In which case, even the Elliot we're seeing in that game isn't a real Elliot. It's, it's a piece of his subconscious going into the game and seeing in this virtual world, what the hell is happening here? Well, for sure. And I think Sam's um, giving a little bit of a nudge with the way he's recording those scenes and the way they're acting, the colors and the framing. Yeah, and this is why it makes sense that the time would be stopped, that there's an earthquake in New York City. No, there's not. It's explosions that are happening in the room that you're still in, in the Washington Township plant. That's why you're having headaches and your ears are ringing. There's so many signs. I mean, there's just no way that all of this hokey stuff we're seeing is real life. I don't think that could be. Next, Elliot goes to work at Allsafe, where he's now CEO. The news talks about this earthquake. Elliot asks Lloyd about the presentation for E Corp, and he responds... They'll be there any minute, and don't you mean F-Corp? Ollie is still a loser, trying to schmooze his way into Elliot's account. And the TV screen shows that in this universe, Ms. Zhang's charity, the White Rose Foundation, has made a donation. She is the richest woman in this world and a multi-billion dollar philanthropist. Well, if this was a place that White Rose was constructing, that certainly sounds like the ideal vision for her, right? She gets to be who she's always truly believed she is, but she's also a multi-billionaire. Elliot goes and delivers the presentation to the representatives from F Corp. And at the end, the man at the head asks to speak to him alone, who turns out to be a scruffier version of Tyrell, one that looks kind of like our Elliot. One that looks like the Tyrell version that our Tyrell wanted to be. He questions if this place is right for them and asks Elliot, what's the worst thing about his life right now? Elliot thinks the worst thing is also the best thing. I get up every morning, I play my records, I get ready, get my coffee, I come to work. I'm stuck in a repetitive, boring routine that feels endless. And sure, I've imagined what it would be like to be someone with a more exciting life, a risk taker. Someone more interesting. But in the end, I know I'm lucky to be where I am. I also feel the same about my life at F Corp. It's the best and the worst thing that happened to me. And the reason why I love my company so much is because of the value we provide. The people buy our products every day because they trust us. F Corp is not only the best thing in my life, it's the best thing in everyone's lives but it could also be the cause of our undoing if I'm not careful. So you see my dilemma here. Terrell, I pledge to you right now that if you go with all safe, the worst will never happen. And how can you be so sure? Because I've seen what can happen to your company and I know how to prevent it. You've seen what can happen to my company? Yes. 
If you look through our packets, we've created predictive models for every possible attack vector. No, no, Elliot. I just want to know you're on my side. Always. Seems as though this Tyrell has some kind of... Knowledge. Advanced knowledge. That our Elliot or this Elliot doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And it's very curious and very intriguing. Yeah. He's tortured, by the way. Tyrell feels and looks tortured. Tyrell, it seems, is always tortured, <laughs> no matter the universe. Elliot then goes to lunch at Tip Top Cafe. And if this is a kind of nod to our other coffee shop, I think that's hysterical. Mr. Robot gives him the book, the signed first edition copy. And Elliot says he needs to make sure Angela isn't home when he drops it off. So he calls her mom, but Emily hangs up on him. Yeah, so what's what up that with that? Mean? She's alive here, but she's hanging up on him. Very strange. Maybe the other Elliot is there. It sounded like he heard her, though. And then she hung up. But maybe the other Elliot is talking to her. Oh, okay. So she got freaked out by that. When Elliot goes to her house to leave the book and flowers, he finds a broken glass and bloody tissues in the garbage and figures it's her father because he drinks a lot. Seemingly, she knows her father. Maybe this is why we haven't seen Price yet and he's around in this world. Elliot gets in a cab and returns home where he notices his apartment doesn't look like his apartment anymore. It looks like our Elliot's apartment. And in fact, sitting at the computer is our Elliot himself. And he says, who are you? But the computer is still a Mac. And that's what threw me the first time we saw this new room. Mm. I was like, Elliot would not use a Mac. (laughs) He's got an iMac. So it seems to me that our Elliot, the hooded Elliot... Um, is trying to piece things together and is just as surprised to see himself physically in front of him. Not that he was surprised that he would be there. I think he's kind of, at this point, figured that out. I'm wondering if next episode we're going to get the point of view of this Elliot in the beginning of the episode. And then he'll hopefully like midway through the episode meet up to where this one ended. Yeah, because that's really the question when you leave off is whose apartment is this? Which world are we in now? Has the cheery Elliot somehow come back into our world because it looks like our Elliot's apartment? Or is he still there and reality is just starting to fray at the edges? Well, that leaves us with a lot of questions and we'll get into theories and clatcher feedback on that in just a moment. But first, let's go to our robot rating. Jason, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give for 11? Well, just like this season, I'm loving this season, and I absolutely enjoyed and will never forget this episode. I have so many people at work who watch the shows we watch, listen to the podcasts that we create, but not Mr. Robot for some reason. And I've been saying to them, I know it feels like you'll never catch up because you haven't even started, but the payoff is worth it. you got to start watching it. So that's my long-winded way of saying I'm giving this a 9.8. I would give it a 10, but I need to give it room. I need to give next episode room. I agree with you. This has absolutely been my favorite episode this season. I still have a ton of questions. I don't know where this leaves us, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a 9.6, my highest by far. And now we move on to our Clatchers, where via the Twitter universe, at CKC Podcast, we ask our Clatchers, who is your MVH? This week, we gave you Elliot, White Rose, and Mr. Robot. Coming in last with 8% was Mr. Robot. That makes complete sense. This was the Elliot White Rose episode. But the Mr. Robot scene before everything blew up was very endearing and very memorable. 
and the Christian Slater acting, <laughs> the way he can just turn it. I mean, he's been acting for years now, but you know, he can be the all American dad in the next scenes, you know? It's amazing. Yeah, him acting as the actual father, you know, in, in this other world was also extremely interesting to see. And in second place, I thought it'd be tighter, was White Rose with 38%. Well, White Rose, oh my God, we finally got to see her spread her wings a little bit. We got to see some great acting by B.D. Wong. And um, I think maybe people are still a little discouraged because you still have not told us what the hell you're doing, woman. And I mean, what really is her fate by the end of it? It's hard to know how to feel about her. Yeah, is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? We We don't even know if she's truly dead. Did that all just happen or not? So I think that's where that comes from. Oh, I forgot to mention, the end of, not last episode, but the episode before, I can't believe, I I actually thought she was about to get arrested. I was like, well, how does this happen? Like, Mm. is she about to get, I keep forgetting, she's got an army behind her. And that would have been interesting, (laughs) but we didn't have enough time to do that. Yeah. Well, coming in first place with 54% is Elliot. It was his show. All night, and I love it whenever it's the Elliot show. Maybe that's why it's one of my favorite episodes this season. It was the majority heavy on his experience. Yeah, it was very well acted. There was a lot of great character scenes in here with narrative that was stupendous and made it difficult for me to pick out what to pull for the podcast. What's so funny is we've been watching Rami Malek for so long now that I pick up on little nuances now. There was close-ups of him when he was talking to White Rose where he, for a m- half a second, gave us the Rhapsody face. And I was oh, like, really? oh, shit, that's the Rhapsody I face. I missed it. And what I mean by that, by his lips. Because his teeth are very similar, a little bit of an overbite, not mm-hmm. as extreme. And you kind of see it sometimes when he makes a serious, almost pucker face. Well, that being said, Elliot is absolutely my MVH, if you can't tell, for the episode. I'm going to go Cordy. <laughs> oh, QWERTY. No, um, Elliot for me as well. Elliot Smelliot. Well, let's see what our Clatchers had to say. Lewis says, what the fuck? I mean, I didn't think Esmail would go full-blown sci-fi, but I'm kind of really glad he went there. He fucking did it. Or so it appears. What is going on? They just want to hear you swear. Oh, hey, you can put all the F-bombs in there you want. Kirk says, I'm writing in Sam Esmail this week for writing the excellent and powerful scene between Elliot and White Rose. For me, the jury is still out regarding character MVH until after next week's finale. So until then, I'm just going to strap in and go along for the ride. I like the way he's thinking. That's basically what we're doing. <laughs> I love, I love this below. Melly put a gif saying, I love Mr. Robot. I'd love to understand it someday. <laughs> she says, that sums it up for me. Good question. Travis asks, which Elliot? Well, when I say my MVH, I meant our Elliot from the world we know, not OK Go Elliot. Yeah, the OK Go Elliot, as much as I enjoyed seeing him finally happy, I can't allow myself to really appreciate it or uh, fall in love with it because I feel it's not real. Mm -hmm. We didn't even discuss that Elliot's drive home and the music playing and the lyrics were pretty much on the head there. Oh, yeah. With everything we were saying about it can't possibly be real. Because now the world's turned down, and I should have known the hammer dropped because something must be wrong when everything is right. So turn up the radio and turn off the lights. I want to ask for help. I want the world to melt. Mm. I've got to lose myself tonight. That's what he's doing. 
Oren says, new theory, Mr. Robot is just a TV show, and anything that happens on it is for entertainment value. Well, absolutely, I mean, Oren, and that's why, <laughs> but that's why we we're We wouldn't have a podcast this. if it weren't for that. But I know what you're saying. You're saying, just enjoy what's going on. Um, just enjoy the ride. I, I was talking to another Clatcher over on Facebook. He's got this burning feeling that he wants to know what's going on. But at the same time, he's loving the ride that he's going well, on. Well, that's the whole point of a good show, right? If you well, didn't yeah. really want to know or feel passionately, a bit, passionately about it, it probably wouldn't be such a great show. These types of shows where it really stretches your mind, they are few and far between. Mm-hmm. That love for theorizing and, and coming up with what could be the truth and then getting little bits of truth every episode, which only opens up more questions. Of course, your body's going to be like, I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. But once that truth is given to you, And once this season's over, this series is over, we're going to be a little empty. And we're going to be wondering what's next. So enjoy the ride. Thank goodness there's still Westworld. Scott says, where's the option to vote for Wellick? It's almost like we can't vote for MBH in 411 until we see how the finale plays out. I went with Elliot for his amazing scene speech with White Rose. Yeah, I mean, I I think even if this is um, not totally real, first you have to believe that everything leading up to him going to Washington Township was real. The scene with Mr. Robot, even if it was in his head, I think, is still impactful and same for White Rose. Along those lines, Lewis says, White Rose wins because it's really her. I told you so episode. Lewis, I don't know what you're saying, man. (laughs) What do you mean? He's confused. This season's confusing. (laughs) Um, Joe says, what just happened? F Corp. So there was A, B, C, D before E Corp. Why is it always 1116? Why is there no Darlene? I need answers. Next, Scott says, I saw the 1116, but did you see when New Elliot's phone rang the date was May 9th? Oh, yeah, definitely. That means they continue with the one day off theory. And I still, I mean, I still don't quite know what that's going to mean. Unless the entirety of the Elliot coma or whatever it is, is one day. day. Maybe. So when he comes back to the real world. He missed a day. But he said the boy hasn't woken up in so long. And that doesn't even fit really there either. I don't know anymore, man. Uh, Kate says, hi, is this the CKC what the fuck is happening support group? (laughs) I think at this point I just throw my hands up in the air and strap in for the ride. Enjoy it. Nathan says, the CKC podcast passes you a note. What do you do? Light a match. It says, don't leave us alone here. What do you do? Dive into parallel universe where the Mr. Robot coverage doesn't end next week. (laughs) I love that. But don't forget, there's coverage for so many other shows. So don't forget us either. Yeah, next up, we'll be covering The Magicians, season five. And if you haven't seen that, go over to Netflix, start from season one, it only gets better and better. If you love magic like we do, if you love fantasy, if you want to escape the real world, you don't need a hack, you just watch The Magicians. There's plenty of time to get caught up. If you want to listen to those books, you can head on over to Audible, check them out. Audible.com forward slash CKC. They're called The Magicians, The Magician's King, and The Magician's Land. And then, of course, up after that, whenever they come back out, will be the next season of Westworld. And we're still going to try to, when the season ends, we're going to try to uh, reach out to Esmel, get him on the podcast. Well, that would be nice. And I'm going to say, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) 
Slovenly Muse says, I really want to give it to White Rose for having Elliot's number so thoroughly, but I have to give it to Elliot for putting his self-preservation instincts aside and finding the courage to sit down with his friend in the middle of a nuclear meltdown, ready to accept whatever comes. Scott wrote in, he also wrote this to us, saying, anyone else catch that scene ending with the screen fading to orange? Maybe Sam Esmail's ode to Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Also, of course, the door code had to be 0509 for 59. Uh, I saw red. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the, you know, it's an explosion, so fire is going to be a, a tinge of orange, but I yeah. think it's it's really meant to be red. And if you go along with what we were saying before, the ongoing color themes mm-hmm. that this world uses, the black, white, and red. But also, it's possible um, the back of our TV has LED lights, and right now it's red. For Christmas, so maybe that you bled into the you're screen. You're just seeing red. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Sydney says, "Can we get an honorable mention for Angela? If White Rose showed her this parallel universe, can we really blame her for going crazy?" No, we cannot. I mean, yeah, absolutely. What does that say for Elliot? What's going to happen to him now? In my parallel universe, our podcast would be as big as Joe Rogan's, and we'd have a huge <laughs> fortress like he has mm. with a basketball court, a gym. Be- so many fun things. And then I'd be like, it can be, ha- it can happen, Chris. <laughs> we can do this. We just have to kill uh, <laughs> someone. You just have to hack <laughs> the top guy. 1% of the 1% for all their money. Scott says, agreed. If we get an Angela Elliott wedding reception scene in the finale, what's the over-under on how many drinks Price has and how long his speech will be? The Real Angel Q says, so last week with the whole Dom going in the plane, I was hoping you would mention Patsy Klein, a woman who died in a plane crash. Her picture was up in Dom's apartment, I thought, as foreshadowing. I mean, I think sometimes Esmail puts those things in just as nods to potential theories and things people are talking about. I really don't think we have time to go back to Dom. I think that was a wrap on her story. I believe so, too. What would it mean if they have a scene now of her crashing that wouldn't, wouldn't do anything at this point? Yeah, and we have so much. I don't even know how two hours is going to be enough for Elliot and the project and the reality of things. Like I said, to, to get into tertiary characters, I'd be a little disappointed if we spent time on that yeah. in this endgame. That might be one of the things where Esmail's saying, it's up to you. Yeah. Does she die in a plane crash? I've given you some, you get some breadcrumbs. Decide. Maybe. Mickle says, I have to give it to Elliot. After everything, still being willing to live in this world. Wow, I need your podcast. Well, I don't know if we're at, we're at the end of this podcast now. I don't know if we've helped you at all. We might have confused well, things well, a little Well, yeah, more. we're going to get into that in a minute and closer look. Hey, guys, it's Aaron in Florida. I'm sure you've gotten a million calls and emails already, but I was just catching up on Mr. Robot podcast. And the plane crash theory, I believe, has to do with the Faith Hill song because she... Um, auditioned for Reba McIntyre's band and did not get the part. And that was when Reba McIntyre's band got on a plane and I got in a plane crash. And that's how Faith Hill got the gig. So that's kind of basically the gist of the whole plane crash theory. Anyway, hope you guys have a good holiday and looking forward to the next podcast. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Aaron. Another Floridian listener. So this theory goes to a parallel, supposedly, with something that happened in our real world, and the playing of the Faith Hill song indicates that? Oh, maybe. Is yeah. It sounds like he's saying. Or it could be the Faith Hill song was playing during the scene, right? Yes. So it could just be another thing, like a poster in the background, 
well, I'm going to play this song, which has another meaning behind it. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm saying we asked for what the theory was. Oh, I see. Why did people come up with this theory about the plane crash? And it sounds like in conjunction with With this. this event that happened in real life. Yeah. And thus the indicator would be the song within the universe. Yeah. And the posters that we've seen and... Mm -hmm. The multiple plane images. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron. So maybe it does crash. I mean, again, the whole thing is what what would that mean for our storyline? Like, is that something... Well, if they don't show it, it means... You would want for the character to believe that the next thing that happens to Dom is she dies in a plane crash. To me, if we're leaving it open to speculation, I don't see how that would be an ending for that character I'd want to see in this universe. Mm. Unless you're going with the biggest overall theory that none of it's real. Right. And it, it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. Hey, guys, it's Brian. Here's my theory for the end of Mr. Robot. Obviously, it's a parallel world. Fairly obvious. Jang even mentioned that. Or I guess, sorry, White Rose mentioned that before Elliot transferred over. However, it's not just any normal parallel universe where, like, oh, I decided to wear blue instead of red today. Or I took... That freeway versus the other one. What happened? Blah, blah, blah. No, this is like a full-on perfect realization of what your life could be like. And it's basically stating like, oh, everyone has their perfect life. Now, there are some people that realize that it's not exactly perfect and something's quite wrong. Tywell, uh, towards the end of the episode. But CEO Elliot is basically, he's got everything he wants. Jang is actually not a man. But a woman, Elliot's getting married, life is great. No, darling. So then when our Elliot shows up in CEO Elliot's uh, house, it's because he transferred over, not because it's a different, a third alter, the extra alter that's supposed to be revealed here by the end of the season. The earthquake that happened in the uh, parallel universe, um, that is the amount of energy that came from the, the collider transferring Elliot from our world to the parallel world. My theory is is that Jane went there before, and that's where the initial watership, uh, the the initial thing happened in whatever town it was. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm bad with numbers and names. Anyway, so obviously Jane has already been to the parallel world uh, because of the earthquake and stuff that happened at Watership Township back in the 80s. So what what I think is interesting is that if Angela had already gone over there, because Jane said that she showed Angela, or what's sorry, White Rose showed that, said that she showed Angela already what happened, and Angela came back before she was killed uh, by the Dark Army, that's telling me that earthquakes and stuff like that only happen on the world you're transferring to. So, but that also doesn't quite work out, because I can't remember if there was one when, before Angela died, but anyway. Um, so that primarily means is that Jane, in her effort trying to requite her love and resurrect him, quote-unquote, it's not so much about resurrecting anybody, but transferring over to the other world. And since she was unable to see that she was so happy in the other world, she wants that for everybody else. I haven't fully figured out the time-counting-down thing, but I think it's more of like a DEFCON situation, where there is something that's going to happen. The two worlds are going to merge together, and either be completely uh, obliterated, or, um, and Mel is just trolling us, and it's a countdown to the end of the series. Um, so that's why Jang is 
speeding up her timelines because she realizes that that's going to be, you know, gone and she wants everyone to be happy. So really the choice that Elliot has to make that Jang is alluding to is not necessarily of like, oh, what world do you want to be before it all goes crap? It's more of like on a metaphysical level, how happy are you? How happy are you going to be? Are you going to be happy enough with the life you currently have and all the pain and suffering that got you to the point that you're at? Or are you just going to say, F it, take the easy way out and have everything that you ever wanted given to you? That's the choice. I personally feel Elliot is not going to go to the parallel, universe, parallel world. He's going to stay in ours and choose that his ultimate happiness is combining all of his alters together into his actual person. Okay. And the last alter that we haven't seen is the guy that brings them all together and has all of his Maslow hierarchy of needs fulfilled and is the happiest version of himself, regardless of the journey it took him to get there. So then as a viewer, personally, I loved how S. Hill was like, oh, yeah, instead of E-Corp, it's F-Corp, like as an F-U, uh, and then it had like all the Apple stuff versus Samsung. It, he's brilliant. So, yeah, I could be completely wrong with my theory here, but I'm pretty sure it's right. And I'll tell you what, this has only been uh, workshops when I've been walking my dog or um, shower thoughts because Jason's shower thoughts are kooky instead of theory-based. <laughs> and, yeah, anyway, hope I'm right. I haven't looked on Reddit or anywhere else. It's, like it's just me thinking about things. Anyway, that's today's edition of Brian Explains It. Have a good one. Bye. Well, I like his theories. I think this is... <laughs> Again, a lesson. It feels more and more like it's a lesson for Elliot. And I really like the way Brian was saying that he's going to decide that this world wouldn't make him happy. Instead, he'd rather be in the world we know. And that being his lesson. I, th- I, I like that theory, for sure. Well, so, but it's not like Brian is, is going with the, there's an actual, maybe multiple pal- parallel universes. Ian wrote in with a different theory. First of all, he wants to clarify the theory that he put on Reddit that we talked about last week. He says, I don't think Elliot created his DID. We were misinterpreting what he was saying there. His theory was that if the sleeper, the personality that hasn't been in the forefront, found a way to control the DID. But anyway, on to this episode. He agrees that he thinks we will see those last 17 minutes of the alternate world again with our Elliot rather than OK Go Elliot. We'll see it from his point of view. He also thinks Elliot was the one at the Mr. Robot store, but ran out when he saw the missed phone call. Okay. He agrees about the glass breaking, that that was him too. So he thinks next week we'll see the same time period from Elliot's perspective. Oh man, everything I said. This is amazing. After starting where the power plant was, but doesn't exist now because White Rose never built it and it never killed Elliot and Angela's respective parents. The other world we are in is in fact all in Elliot's head. Okay, so this moves into what I was saying. I don't know what White Rose did, if she drugged him to make him believe the plant was melting down, or if, in fact, the final seconds of Elliot's life as the place explodes around him, so that's our he-could-be-dying theory. But Mr. Robot has brought Elliot here to finally confront his whole self, to finally meet the one who thought up the 5-9 hack in the first place. Our Elliot, or Monster Elliot. Elliot was tricked somehow. The plant didn't blow. He'll still be alive in the real world by the end of it. The machine doesn't work. White Rose is a master drugsmith, level 1000. Elliot gets back to the real world, but now he has his other altar in tow. 
Well, he kind of um, jumped around between a couple of ones we've been talking about. So in a former episode, we talked about a few that I think could all really still be possible. Number one, that Elliot's in a coma, somehow physically ill and needing to wake up. But that doesn't really tie in White Rose's machine to reality, unless, like we said, it's some kind of medical device. Same thing with Elliot being in an institution, or perhaps this is just all products of his mind that he needs to come to terms with. The fact that he could be dying, and I I do actually see that as a distinct possibility because that scene where he's sitting there with Mr. Robot does feel like a choice that he made. I'm going to stay here with him regardless of what happens. And that goes back to the no exit theory that these people were actually dead and witnessing what the afterlife could look like. And is humanity really worth saving? But as I was saying before, I think the most likely option, the the last one is that it's a simulation. So that White Rose is showing him a glimpse of what she thinks could be at some point, should this machine advance to the level she believes where it could really create parallel universes like this. I think you could still have all of that without this world being real too. Yeah, This could totally just like we said, be a product of Elliot's sleeping brain where he's trying to come to terms with whatever is keeping him from being able to go back to the real world. And until he addresses that and comes to the table in that room with Mr. Robot and Magda and the little boy, he's never going to get out of this. And if he keeps running to these bigger hacks and white rose machines and crazy things, then he's, he's never going to get to it. He's mm-hmm. never going to get to the point. I think that could be parallel with if he was in a psych ward. Um, but he's not crazy. He's had a, an episode. You know, he's not deemed this is it. He's just going to be crazy the rest of his life. And for him to snap out of it or to be cured, cured is not the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, he's got to stop running this in his head. Mm-hmm. And then he'll finally be awake got again. Come to terms with the Elliot that we know. What's re- actually real. Yeah. And that Elliot could be the Elliot. Or a similar Elliot that we see in this parallel, quote-unquote, universe. Well, I think in that theory, like I was saying, they're all different facets of his personality that really aren't united. So here's just another one. The For, OK Go Elliot that hasn't been, really hasn't been brought in on it, the situation. Yeah, that might be true, but it might be closer to the real one. And meaning maybe closer to waking up. The realities are getting reason I don't think that's true is because it's denying all the darker aspects of himself, which Mm -hmm. are difficult to deal with, but they're there. Mm -hmm. Nobody does not have these darker aspects. True. And that would be saying that none of this stuff that Elliot came to realizations about this season was true. He wasn't abused. He didn't go through all that stuff. Oh, I see. I I feel like that takes away the meaning of all of that. And plus, as we said, there's no Darlene there. So what does that mean? He's he's really not coming to terms with anything in that world. Um, But could be another style of, of defense that he has built there that... He's pretty effective at shutting everything out. You might be right. I think you're right. But that certainly goes after a lot of different theories. And Brian's yours being the last one that it is a real parallel universe that there are multiples of. Or, of course, this could be something that only Esmail understands that we're not even close to yet. I can't imagine learning all of that in two hours, but you just never know. Well, if he's in a psych ward, I was trying to break this down to make it make sense in my head. Uh, Irving is another therapist or doctor there. And he's on sabbatical. And a lot of people, when you go on sabbatical, you, you 
go on to publish something, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like bleeding in there. He could be another therapist or another type of worker there. That would make some sense. Dom is a patient. It's another patient who's having her own manic episodes. Darlene could be a patient as well. The Dark Army are orderlies that come in. When he starts going too manic, the orderlies come in, take control. In his head, take everyone out, but maybe put them to medicate sleep. Medicate them. Medicate them, yeah. Pull them away. I, I don't think Darlene is just another patient in any scenario. There's, there's some reason he's turning her into his sister, or she is his sister, but she doesn't exist in that other world. She's a huge crux of she allowed him to come out of whatever this was last time, and she might be the key to figuring it out this time. So there's some baseline truth that he's not confronting yet, and the what-did-you-do thing we're assuming was related to the father. Like maybe he killed him or something awful. Maybe it's related to Darlene? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That he's done something to Darlene? Hmm. I mean, he Curious. does say, no matter what I do, she just she's always there for me. She, she yeah. always cares about me. Oh, I wonder. Okay. Which is something yeah. we hadn't really considered. Yeah, I will be completely honest and say the sister is a patient. Was I didn't know what else to mm, say. It's, it's hard to figure out where she fits into that, given the new information we saw here. For sure. And then I was thinking White Rose could be, you know, the boss in this psych ward. The, what are they called? <laughs> Lead psychiatrist. Well, no, I was thinking more administrator boss. Oh, an administration. Okay. Yeah. And then Leon could be a visitor that comes to see someone else, sits down in those rooms where everyone, like there's a game, there's board games on the Recreation. table. Yeah. And communicates with <laughs> Elliot, perhaps. I, don't I, know. I think you could easily fit all of that in there just as easily as you could fit it into a medical hospital. A lot of people are saying they don't like those ideas. They feel too easy because it's too in line with it was a dream type scenario. I'm going to say if any of these are true, you basically have an it's a dream type situation that we didn't know what reality was, which we were given up front with Elliot as the unreliable narrator. There's no way. Everything is real. And it's a firm basis (laughs) in the grounding of the reality we know, and there's no divergence. Because we've seen many, many times already in this series That's not what we're being shown. Something else is afoot. So if you don't like that one, I'm going to say hold on to your hats because I think no matter what the ending is, that's one of the biggest pieces to it. And it's just which manner do we get to it in? All I really know is is that once this season ends, we're going to have to watch it all over again, the the whole series. Well, that's what he keeps (laughs) saying. And especially we've already seen some tie-ins to season one that these seeds have been planted And I think the fact that you do see things coming back around already is a strong indicator that maybe the groundwork was done right. And that's why you will appreciate the ending. Hi, Jenna, Jason and all the clutch out there. Um, It's Jamie Conn from Manchester um, in Little Britain. Awesome. Uh, Just want to kind of give me my thoughts. Um, I've been listening for a while now, probably since season two was aired. And um, it's probably my last chance to call in. <laughs> See, this is the uh, second to last episode. Um, we do get it on Monday over here, having Sunday nights. So hopefully, I've, I've missed. I've not missed the deadline. Um, yeah, that was an episode. Uh, this whole series has been, uh, well, season as you call it, um, series four, season four. Uh, it's been amazing, and um, from like the robbery of the. Uh, 
uh, of the server and Elliot legging it across there in New York and the Vera episode, just amazing. Uh, but yeah, this seems to have ramped it up another gear. Um, this episode with the old parallel universe. Um, what I can make of that is probably um, it's a bit of a conspiracy theory about um, CERN and the Large Hadron, Hadron Collider and um, they're opening up wormholes and black holes and God knows whatever else into other universes and that's the whole that's why we, d- we get the Mandela effect <laughs> uh, where we're remembering things differently because we've remembered it from a parallel universe um, it's a bit of a weird one but it's worth a a few videos on YouTube, quite interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that might be what's going on. Probably not, knowing Sam Esmail. It's supposed to make completely different. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention um, that and uh, the whole White Rose thing. I thought it was quite clever. She um, killed herself and then appeared in this parallel universe as a as a woman after she just said, told to Elliot with like tears like, tears going down her eyes, really emotional, saying she was she was born differently than how she should have been. And it cost her her life and her love. And to see her appear in, a, in this, this other universe as a woman, and she's um, she's running a charity called uh, the Diaz, Diaz something or other. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um... Another thing I'd like, just want to kind of keep an eye on is the book titles. Uh, there was one which White Rose had, which had the exit envelope inside it, and the one that um, Elliot was going to give Angela uh, for her wedding day. Um, I've not looked into this yet because it was last night where I saw it. Um, um, I've just got up and gone to work, so I've not had a chance to. But there's probably something in both flows, definitely knowing Sam Asmo. Um So, yeah. Can't wait for the next episode, the great finale, and uh, your episode, which will follow. Uh, thanks a lot for y'all, uh, everything. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Bye. Oh, that's awesome. He also said an email saying, I just realized I called Christina Jen. No idea where that came from. Maybe I sound like a Jen. Also, how much does Tyrell look like Harry Potter, but with stubble? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Thanks for calling in, Jamie. And that's going back to if it were to take the hard sci-fi and be a parallel universe type of situation, that's what the collider is meant to do, right? That's what White Rose is going to figure out how to get there. Right. How do you traverse to it? Some kind of wormhole, I suppose, or a way to move through them. But perhaps that's why you can't can't be alive in both of them. If you're intending to go to that universe, that's what yeah. I was saying, the problem with Elliot being there, there can't be two of you there, so what do you do, right? And that's why she's so okay with, well, I'll die here, but... Uh, I see. I'll exist in that world, I suppose. Now, he was hearkening back to where we remember things differently in this world. Mm. Did we talk about it in Mr. Robot or Patreon, where we were talking about like Berenstein, Berenstein? I think that was Forget. very early days of Mr. Robot. Okay. Yeah, so that's crazy. Uh, there's so many things we talked about that I've forgotten, too. So, we don't know. But it's all just speculation for now. We have to wait until next week. As we mentioned, December 22nd. However, this one is going to be airing at 9 o'clock p.m. So don't forget, it is one hour earlier because it is our two-part season finale. So that's going to do it for here, except for our spoiler section. If you are afraid of that, we'll see you next time for the last Mr. Robot coverage. Just to be aware, as we had mentioned, that is most likely going to come out a few days later than typical because... 
Christmas. Christmas. There's just no way. Uh, maybe even into the following week. So we're sorry for the delay. But given that it's a series finale and it's two hours long, we want to give it the attention it deserves. I think there's going to be a lot to unpack. But we hope that you will still stay tuned and you will join us for that. For everybody who's still here, we're going to talk the minimal spoilers we've got. And there's a lot of tight-lipped not giving out information, of course. This is a huge ending. We don't even know what the titles are going to be. Will there be two separate ones? Does it run like that? I think it's going to be like a part one and a part two. So I imagine we'll just get one main title. Okay. But we don't even know if we're going back to those HTTP error codes. If we did, the next step would be 412 precondition failed or 413 payload too large. That can mean so many things. What we see in the very brief preview is Elliot saying, my name is Elliot Alderson. I was born in Washington Township, New Jersey. What am I doing here? So here in the other universe, here in a room that's not the one that I was just in exploding in the plant, here in a hospital. I mean, there's really no way to, we're assuming it's just going to pick up where we left off last time. It's here talking to, okay, go Elliot. Uh, But that could certainly be playing with us as well. So, Jason, any other thoughts leading up to our finale? No, I'm just excited and, and I'm ready for the finale. This is going to be crazy. All right, it's time for me to edit, go to sleep, wake up and edit, and then we will go to the movies to watch our Patreon-exclusive movie. Till next time, this round's on me. This round is on me! game.